0: I want to show you something that I think will help help you to begin to understand what I have in my mind this morning. So if you'll give your attention uh, for a few moments up front. It's just, there's all this pressure, you know? And sometimes it feels like it's right up on me, and I can just feel it, like literally feel it in my head and it's relentless and I don't know if it's going to stop. I mean, that's the thing that scares me the most is that I don't know if it's ever going to stop. Yeah. Well, you do have a nail in your head. It is not about the nail. I'm not sleeping very well at all. And all my sweaters are snagged. I mean, all of them. Yeah, I, that sounds really hard. It is. Thank you. Ow! Oh, come on. Ow! If you would just... Don't! Try to see. I just want to go on record and say that's never happened to me. <laughs> it's not about the nail, brother. I thought about that video, I thought that has nothing to do with what I want to say today. It really doesn't. I just want to give us guys a break for once, okay? I'm with you fellas, okay? Yeah. But then I did get to think about it a little more, and it really kind of does have a whole lot to, to, to say about what we're doing today and what God may have to say for us today. Um, it never fails. A young couple comes in and they want to get married because they're so in love. And they talk about their love. And they talk about where they've been through. And they talk about why they want to get married. And eventually I have to break it to them. You're going to get married. You're going to say, I do. And then something is going to change. Is that fair to say? I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just that something about when you commit yourself to someone else, to another human being, you commit to have life together, that you're never going to be apart, that you're always going to want to be with each other, something begins to change. I can't quite figure it out. I don't quite understand it, but it just happens that way. Is that, is that fair? I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Don't you try to get me in trouble. I'm just saying when you make a commitment, when you begin to live into that commitment, something about you, something even about the relationship, changes. And I think that's kind of what we see in the book of Colossians this morning, as presumably Paul is writing to uh, people who have been a part of the church, people who have come to hear the good news of Christ. They've come to hear about the great love of God and how God loves them no matter what, but yet someone came along and said, yeah, but. And it's that yeah, but that presumably Paul has an issue with. Because for the Apostle Paul, for Christ Jesus, for God our Father, there is no yeah, but. There's no thing that now that you say you love God, that if you don't do this, you're in trouble. There's no thing that you do Now, because you say you love God, that if you don't do, God stops loving you. There is no yeah, And so part of what Colossians is trying to do is to convince this Christian church that God loves us no matter what. No matter what it is we think we have to try to do, no matter what kind of things we think we're supposed to do, to try to show God, to try to show ourselves, we don't do those things, we accept that there is the God of the universe with open arms, saying, I love you. There's nothing you can do to influence that away from the love or closer to it. And so part of the words that we hear from this letter, then, as it goes on, we, we hear these words that if you have been raised with Christ. I love that because it kind of makes you feel like you're in control. We don't want to be in control, right? And so, if you have been raised with Christ. If you have been raised. I think part of what we're understanding is as these words are being written, you don't have a choice. If you recognize that there is a great love of God calling out to you, then guess what? You have been raised with Christ. You don't make that call. The love of God raises us beyond death, raises us beyond sin, raises us up with Christ. There is no if you are raised. Really what the writer is trying to say is because you recognize the love of God, you have been raised with You have been shown what death looks like. You have been shown now what life should look like. And since then, you've been shown these things. Something should change. I think this is where we get muddled in, where we begin to lose our our thought process. Because sometimes when it comes to God, we feel like we have to do things. We feel like that if we don't do certain things, we're in trouble with the big guy upstairs. We feel like that there's a checklist that we have to account for in order to get God's approval, in order to move forward in our faith. That's not the way it works. That works in other relationships in our world. That works in other systems and other settings. But this is God we're talking about. God is not saying... You have to do this and this and this and this to have my love. You have it. But because you have it, something, just like with that young couple, changes. Something about who you are, something about your person begins to change. And so, if that's the case, set your mind on things from above, where Christ is. Set your minds on the things that matter to God because God loves you. Not to make God love you. Not to show that you've messed up, but because you are loved by God. Set your mind on the things of God. Never fail, sometime in a conversation with someone, somewhere along the line, Some people, we're we're kind of proud of where we've been as Christians. Uh, We're kind of proud of where we are now, but we think about where we used to be. Anybody used to be somewhere different than church? Y'all with me? And you ever hear people who really, really are big on that used-to-be stuff? Oh, boy, I used to do some stuff, let me tell you. Hear anybody brag about that? Brag about being the one who could... I don't know, drink the most, or used the one who go out the most, used to be the one to do whatever the most or do whatever the least. But God got a hold of me, and here I am. And there is something to celebrate that, but quite often what happens is we turn our mind backward of what we used to be. And while we need to understand where God has brought us, our mind needs to be not on where we used to be on God. The things from above, the things that matter to God because we've been loved by God. Because we've been shown the love and mercy of God. And since we've been raised with Christ, we remember that that didn't just happen. In order for Christ to be raised, first, Christ had to be put to death. That's how our story goes, isn't it? What we celebrate on Easter morning, that the tomb is empty, the only reason that the tomb is empty is because Christ was first on the cross, put to death. And so if we're looking at the things of God, because we've been loved by God, because we are raised with God, we realize that there has to be some part of us that gets put to death not so that we can be perfect people. Not so that we can be goody goodies or self righteous people. But so that we can make room for this great love of God to fill our lives. To fill parts of our relationships with our spouses, with our children, with our neighbors, with other people we meet in church or anywhere else. We put to death more and more of ourselves so that we can let more and more the love of God take its place. And that's why, if you heard that list, put to death, therefore, whatever in you is earthly, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, all of these things that aren't above where God is, they're somewhere else. Those things don't matter to God. Those things don't build God's kingdom. Those things don't represent who God is and what God has done. And since we understand that we've been taken by God's love, maybe we change our mind about what we focus on. Maybe we begin to put to death little by little those things that aren't from above. We begin to think about how we will get now, I have colleagues of mine who make sure to let couples know when it gets time to that part of the planning, when we want to talk about um, the ministerial fee, right? How much do we have to pay you, Pastor? I have colleagues who will say, you know what, I'm here to do the work of God for your marriage, to set you right into your, your, your marriage together. So you just need to pay me as much as you pay your, your baker." Y'all with me? I don't take that stance. But the point is, the point is, as we are getting ready for life together in so many different ways, we get so excited about so many different things, and one of the things I know you hear the most is, what are we going to wear? Now, for us guys, it's really easy. Thank God. (laughs) You wear what she says to wear. (laughs) Happy wife, happy life. You are right. But there is this idea of what we wear to begin our life together. Of course, that didn't just apply to a couple at their marriage, at their wedding ceremony that applies with our life together. What are we going to wear? We're not suggesting that God cares how you showed up to church this morning, whether you have on tennis shoes or pinstripes or anything else, but what God is worried about what are you going to wear to live life together? See, Colossians has done all this talking about God loving us and us loving God. And the way that that gets expressed is not not merely some simple ideas of me loving God with my words. In fact, what Colossians shows us is that the way we love God, much like we talked about last week, is how we live with each other. easy for me to come up with words of how I love God in my heart. It's a lot more difficult to live out that love when I have to deal with you. That was a joke, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Or when you have to figure out how to live with me or the person next to you. You have to figure out how to live with the person you're married to Forever. have to figure out how to live with that boss of yours, or whomever else it is that you have to live with. But As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion. Clothe yourselves with kindness, with humility, with meekness, and patience. You know, in a few moments, we're gonna have some people come forward. I know a few of them that have been married for a very long time. And I bet if we ask them, there's been some patience that's been expressed. Is that fair? That's how we live with each other. That's how we build marriages together, that's how we build church together. It's how we live into the kingdom of God. We decide that today I'm going to wear what is important to God. Compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. I am going to decide that I am going to bear with that person that no one else is willing to bear with. I am going to be the one who will say, I forgive. I bet in those marriages there's been some forgiveness as well, hasn't there? What we hear, friends, is that because God has loved us, we have the opportunity to live into that love with each other, in our families, in our community, in our churches. And what I want you to hear are these words that I think are so appropriate for us to understand about our lives together in all of those relationships. Above all, clothe yourselves with love. Which binds everything together in perfect harmony. The way that we put up with each other, the way that we have peace with each other, the way that we live life together by deciding every day I'm going to put on love. And God's going to use that perfect So, we should pray. Because, um, probably like me, you decide to wear other things different days. Those other things get in our way of fully loving each other and fully loving God. We like to say that it's not about the nail when we complain about so many things around us, but really it is. We can put those things behind we can see the new love Christ has for us. So if you want to live into that image of God's love, would you please pray with me? Oh God of all love that is perfect and holy, we are here this morning because you have called us here. And we thank you, God, that we have this chance to remind ourselves of the great love that you have before us and ask that you would forgive us. Forgive us when we've turned our back on your love, but open our hearts now to a newness that only you can give. That you would bring us up from our despair, fill us with hope, fill us with peace that comes from your perfect love, so that today we could choose to live each day clothed in your love. In Jesus' name we pray and trust. Amen. The Amen.